0: Welcome back to On Guard Cigar Salon where a bunch of kinky fetish players talk about the way things were back in the day and where we think things are going. I am joined by Grayland Thornton, Race Bannon, and our resident cigar pick. Um, I'm Christopher Weston and Pup Amp is the one who edits this and makes us look good. And kind of edits what we say sometimes, too. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh,
0: Have you seen all of you?
1: (laughs) Have you heard all of you? (laughs)
0: So we're kind of some old guard guys who have been kind of set in our ways, but we're trying to adapt as quickly as we can. So anyway, the conversation we just recently had when we all went to lunch was imposter syndrome. And I think, Graylin, you brought this up. Um, Was it because you felt like an imposter?
2: Never. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I think most people do or
3: have as they've come up. Yeah. Um, so, Race, what's imposter syndrome? I think a simple definition would be if somebody feels as if they doubt their abilities or their reputation. Do you think there's an age limit
0: to it? Do you think it's when people are first starting out, and in, 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 I'm talking about in the kink community specifically, Do you think that happens more as you're younger or
3: as you're older? I think maybe when you're first in the scene you're, there's a little bit more of it maybe, but I can say as somebody who's 67 years of age and still feels it now and then, that it doesn't really have an age limit. It never goes away. It never goes away
1: completely. Uh, I don't think it does. Well, you know, I think it's a healthy thing that it doesn't go away. Oh. You know, the people who don't have it, you know, fools rush in and they tend to do things way beyond their ability and get themselves into situations way beyond what they should be in. And you know, it's a clinical thing that we used to do is, um, there's an old line where it always says for clinicians that you see one, do one, teach one. And what's behind that is, you know all the book learning that you do, and then when you go into the clinical setting, you watch somebody do a simple procedure, then you do the procedure with them watching you, and then you teach. And no matter how long you've been a clinician, or what a new procedure you're gonna do, like say you're a nurse for 30 years and you haven't done a certain kind of um, IV, you would in your head said, okay, I gotta first learn about it. Watch one, do one, teach one. And that's what people with the imposter syndrome, it's a protective mechanism. So you don't do things you're not able to do or you get in over your head. So I love what you said. Very healthy that for your whole life, you should have a little bit of imposter syndrome. Just a little bit. But is too much too bad? If it stalls you. You know, if it stops you from doing something, that's why they always say see one, do one, teach one. When you have your mentor with you, they don't let you get out of that sequence. So that even if it's tough, you move forward and and do it and learn how to teach it. And if there's too much, I think then you succumb to the fear. Yeah. Uh,
3: You'll you'll never walk into the play party. You'll never walk into the leather bar. You'll never go to the, the club or organization and meet with the leather guys and the kink guys. Um, so no, I, I think you can have a little bit too much. <laughs> yeah. So when you first
0: came out into the le- leather world, did you, did you ever feel out of place? Did...
2: Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I mean, if for me, when I first came out, I was surrounded by people who knew things about leather and kink. So I was surrounded by experts. But the difference was is I was able to take my time and learn. And I think that what happens today is people don't have that um, the patience to take their time and learn. So as you said, fools rush in. Yeah. It's like I saw this on YouTube, and then they're gonna go do it. But we didn't have a YouTube. So the only thing that we
0: <laughs> <So you> had <laughs> well, to go or a cell phone
2: or a <laughs> computer. We didn't even have computers. So, you know, you had to learn from people, and that took a long time.
3: Sure. I also think that when you're young. I mean, I walked into a leather bar when I was 17. It's kind of assumed you don't know what you're doing when you're 17, 18, 19, years old. Right. Yeah. But imagine the kingster that comes out when they're 40, 45, right. 50. Mm. That's gonna to be tougher for them because it's assumed they know what they're doing just by their age.
1: Right, now can I give you another clinical view of that that I think is I think saying, to stop I've it. had to have this conversation <laughs> with people many times and actually someone you know. When people go to school to become a therapist, like in their 40s, which is fantastic, I always used to caution people. I said, listen, when patients come to you, they're going to assign your age to experience. And you don't have that depth of experience. So don't get in over your head. You know, have a little imposter syndrome. so that Because you're no different clinically or experience-wise as a 21-year-old clinician. But if you're 40, people think you've been doing it 20 years. So I love what you said, Race. Healthy.
2: Well, you know, let me ask you, and actually I want to ask you this question, because you love going dancing. You have a lot of (laughs) friends who are younger and all of that, and you look good in a jock strap. So there we go. We've all seen you in a dock strap. Everyone has seen you in a dock strap. All of (laughs) Twitter. That's right. So you know, for someone who is older, who likes going dancing and that sort of thing, you know, you only have the kids who are throwing those kinds of parties. And so, you know, you go in, mm-hmm. you're surrounded by, you know, 20, 30, 40 year olds. And now it's like, well, I don't want to wear a jock strap. I don't want to dress like they do. You know, so it's like a whole little reverse thing that's happening. Oh, that's interesting.
4: I mean, they still want you to dress that way, though.
2: Do they? Daddies are in?
4: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, uh, speaking for myself, yes. Okay. Okay. Thank goodness
3: daddies are in. (laughs) I I don't tend to feel too out of place Mm -hmm. in those environments. I am often the oldest guy in the room in a a circuit party by 20, 25 years sometimes. But but, um, I don't really feel like an imposter in any sense, Um, but I do feel a little out of place in certain environments, but not for the most part. I feel pretty comfortable. Hmm. But I'm—I I own my age. I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, yeah. I'm really comfortable with my age.
0: So for me, when I was 20 and I first moved to San Francisco and I went to the Eagle for the first time, and I was working at Drummer magazine and I was working in a leather shop, I felt so out of place at the Eagle because I was just this blonde-haired twink. And that I, natural
2: blonde hair that you had? Well,
0: <laughs> might have been bottle blonde. <laughs> uh, uh, I went to the Eagle and none of the leather guys would give me the time of day. And I would sit in the corner like a wallflower just going, I wish I looked like these guys, these big gruff leather guys that you know are going home and having great sex. And I actually stopped kind of going to the Eagle in person because I just didn't think I fit in. And I, I felt like I wasn't a real leather boy. I was this vanilla preppy guy that was in a leather world. Um, So that was, it took me a while to get
3: over that myself. All the more reason that our scene needs, we talked about this in the first episode, that we need people that will welcome the newcomers in Mm -hmm. in a very kind of um, friendly, familial way because there's, to this day, there are people who walk into bars or clubs or play spaces that feel exactly like you do. Exactly. I'm a big believer that the puppies,
0: a lot of them, Gravitate to the puppy movement because they can be, they 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 can be somebody else. They put on this hood that allows them to be the sexual being that the leather guys pay attention to. Um, I don't know. For for me, no, I think it's a, it's a way for them to get over an imposter syndrome in a way.
3: It, it's. I'm not equating them exactly, but if you think about a theater person who puts on makeup and a character and they become right. a different person, they're often entirely different on stage or in front of right. on camera than they are privately because they, they it gives them a kind of bravery and, and let's face it, that's what a lot
0: of DOMs do. Yes, they put on <laughs> their hair, they play, and then they go and put their fuzzy slippers on and they turn on Netflix. <laughs> you know,
1: that's, why I, Twitter. <laughs> that's why I. call true. It is. That's why I called leather drag because, like, if you listen to RuPaul, how um, she'll always say, "You know, once you're in drag, you know, you have your persona." Well, that's why people do go in leather or go to pup. It just is their affinity. It fits for them. They do it. And that's what the fun of it is. I love that for
0: someone who doesn't watch RuPaul, you have a <laughs> lot of her quotes. <laughs>
1: she keeps coming up every week. She <laughs> keeps going. Uh, that yeah, she, but I, that, I, I, but I do watch RuPaul. Me. But you know what I wanted to say about the Eagle? You know, my husband and I used to go every Sunday. And back then, everybody was in leather. I mean, there was nobody was out plant? on the patio. A mother?
4: in leather
1: now when and then a few years went by i didn't go and then i go and now no you know like it's a quarter are in love everybody's either a puppy or kind of back to the levi's like you were saying last thing, just leather. the levi levi leather and um so when you went you probably went back on when there was nobody not in leather no the eagle
0: was leather guys i was too young to, and even though i i managed Rob Gallery. I, I managed mm-hmm. a leather store. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a lot of leather. Um, <laughs> and I just felt out of place and like nobody took me seriously.
2: But see, that could work to your advantage too. Because if you're young and, and cute, did. and you were cute. <laughs> it did. I don't remember when you were cute. <laughs> oh. <Ouch. laughs> right. I've seen pictures. <laughs> yeah. You were, wow. You were cute back in the day. Oh, but y'all. you know, if you hang out enough, then eventually, leather men and daddies will start gifting you and giving you leather. I mean, that's what happened with me. I just kind of hung out until people gave me shit. <laughs> <laughs> to be clear,
0: we're not saying hang out till people give you shit. <laughs> I know it's a tip economy.
4: But <laughs> oh, that's a, what that's are funny. you saying? You, <laughs> <laughs>
2: hang out until people give you shit. <laughs> Hang out until people give you shit. (laughs) So what other examples
3: uh, have you seen or maybe experienced yourself? I'll give one. Uh, It was 1980. Mm -hmm. I had just moved to Los Angeles. I had been a leather man and active in Chicago and New York. But in the sex club scene, in the private scene, I didn't do a lot of parties. And I went to this big BDSM play party. And I felt a little bit like an imposter, because I had never done it. I had never been in that kind of environment. your first
0: sex club space, kind of? First
3: play party. Players. I used to go to the mine shaft and those places, but that's different. Yeah. This was an organized party put on by a club with a dungeon master and rules and all these things that I wasn't really used to. And I was navigating it with a lot of bravado, but a lot of it was BS bravado. It worked. <laughs> I had a really good time and so did the guy that I ended up connecting with. But, but I absolutely felt a little bit like an imposter and I put on that leather man thing mm-hmm. and it worked, but it was absolutely a bit of imposter syndrome.
1: See, and I, like you said earlier, I think the explanation you gave was perfect, right to the point, but you know what? That's healthy. I think people who don't have it have the problem, but when you quote, fake it till you make it or imposter syndrome, You have an awareness of i need to be a little careful here i'm a little bit out of my depth
0: well that's the problem so if you fake it till you make it and you're doing bdsm activities you might do something wrong and hurt someone exactly and and that's when i started Uh doming in my 40s early 40s um i was like people are going to call me out because i don't know what i'm doing uh but i did i faked it till i made it and i emulated people like race that I saw playing and doing what they did. Of course I knew safe, sane, consensual. I never went beyond limits, but you know, even flogging someone for the first time publicly, I was nerve wracked because I was like, Hey, they're all going to know that I don't know what I'm doing and I'm going to be judged for this.
2: But if you know that you don't know what you're doing, that, that <laughs> helps, right? Cause then you know, like, <laughs> I'm not going to do this or I'm gonna learn how to do that. I mean, I tell people all the time, I don't know rope cause I get bored and I get confused and and all of that sort of thing. So I have other people do it until I learn how to do it, if I wanna learn how to do it. But there are people who know how to do that. So why should I do that? Well, but did you
1: ever notice, this at least is what I've noticed, is that you're right, so you ask. Leather guys love to tell you all about the right way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so as long as so, as long as you don't let it. You know, like mobilize you or paralyze you in fear, which you're right, you can never let that happen. Ask, because there'll be a crowd wanting to tell you how to do it mm-hmm. Plus, and helping like,
2: you. I love what you said about the rules when you walked because I love rules. <laughs> so, you know, if you walk into a place, you learn the rules yeah. and you learn the layout and you learn those sure,
0: things. But Old Guard is uh, accused of being too steadfast on those rules and not being flexible with the things of going on today. Are rules going out the window now? or
1: Protocols going. I think there's a difference between protocols and rules. And I think you're right. Protocol is what the younger or, or non, I shouldn't say younger. It doesn't have anything to do with age. People not in it have a little bit of issue with. You know, It's the rules, though, that I think you do follow and you follow them all the time. And I think it's the, it's the public protocol versus private.
3: A lot of private protocols. Oh, yeah. Up, mm-hmm. But it's the assumption that the public protocols are what everybody should be doing. Right. I think that is subsiding.
1: Yeah. yeah. But you're right. The, the one-on-one protocols is people's relationship. Yeah. Whether it be a long-term relationship, a weekend or a night relationship, it's the negotiation. And then this is, yeah. But I think you do follow the rules and protocols, what's kind of public protocols. Going away. Safety
3: safety rules are very different than protocol and appearance rules. So, safety rules, no, you stick to those. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But the the rest is negotiable.
2: But you know, some of those things are public. For instance, we're calling you pig because he calls you pig. Right. Right. So if you're in public, you're going to be introduced as pig. There's going to be a lot of people who in public don't know what that means. No. And you know, I'm <laughs> like, you no, know, what's like
1: it says on my share cigar pig. And you know what? I like that. Honestly, there's a lot of things that I would rather, and this is just my own weirdness. I would rather slowly expose what I want people to know about me or not. Mm-hmm. So for me, it actually is fine. I don't have yeah. any issue with that.
2: I think some of the same thing goes when you brought up or you brought up the puppies, you know, when when they first appeared on the scene or when we first noticed that they were on the scene. I could say that I didn't know what that meant and I didn't know what they were, why they were here. I think the old
0: guard was (laughs) taken by surprise because this puppy movement came very quickly. There was that. Claw, like back in 2016, oh, where one yeah. puppy was being obnoxious, mm-hmm. and an old guard leatherman was like yelled at them and said, Shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. And oh, it, turned, it became puppy gate. <laughs> it, <began all laughs> yeah. yeah. it, yeah. it became a whole thing. It became a whole thing. I didn't Dude. know about that. <laughs> but you know. And that's where we've had to soften our views. But I really believe that puppies came up partly because the next generation is trying to socially integrate themselves into our fetish world or into the fetish world is not ours but that was one way they were able to do it was by being they all they're all cute young have hot asses the puppies showcase that (laughs) and they can run around on all fours and be fetish and cute and bark 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 and we weren't used to that we were used to puppies being a form of humiliation that you kicked around and said get in the
2: fucking cage can we go back to that
4: (laughs) no if you'd like to if you'd like to run this entire show, Greerlit, by all means. Who runs the world?
1: Puppies! 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 Puppies. Right
4: now, this puppy's not having any imposter syndrome watching you for Queens talk about the internet and how we come up.
1: Well, but I want to ask camp this because here's what I think. We because like I in the 70s, actually one of my first boyfriends was a bartender at the Mind Chef, but um, we learned from each other, like we're talking about, and from witnessing and blah, blah, blah. When I first started really seeing the puppies in mass, I think they're a generation that learned a lot from each other on the web, on the internet, from their forums or whatever. They and so the when internet. they came out, they were versed and, like you say, organized, knew what to do. They looked how they wanted to look. And and we were the ones behind the eight ball on that one. Um, you know, the old guard, not the puppy.
4: Well, we weren't using eight balls to answer questions. We were using Google. But, I mean, that might be the first. <laughs> there. But I, I, we were raised on the internet right. and on the internet you know not everything on the internet is true but we've we've learned to to know how to filter that information to share that information and then regurgitate that information in a way that sounds self-assured but, and that, that is, is good but also bad good. in some ways but
1: it created a really effective community you know you guys doing it on the internet and i mean
4: there's a lot of misinformation online, a lot of creators that just say shit to say shit that cause drama and controversy and then end up, you know, killing people. You mean like we do? I didn't say <laughs> you do it. I'm just saying that it's, it's a different, it's a different thing. And I wish that people my age sometimes had a bit more imposter syndrome so they didn't do some stupid shit, you know?
3: It's a balance. The other thing is that I think compared to when I came out in the scene when the leather scene looked pretty monolithic. Yeah. We kind of dressed and acted and were kind of similar, most of us. Now with you know latex and rubber and puppies and the Shibari movement and all, the, all these things that are mean that we have one more community to step into that we feel like an imposter in.
2: Right. So right, right. 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 Yeah. Mm-hmm. So
3: I'm, I'm all. So that's why it never ends because something's going to come up ten years from now that we don't even have any ideas going to come around. That's a good point. It because is because
0: I've been. Amp's daddy for six, seven years now. He was into puppy play. I had not been into puppy play before. So I really want to impress this young kid because he's hot and da 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 da. Go on. (laughs) (laughs) Our first date, I'm like, I don't know what to do. Puppy play, What's puppy play. So I had him to my house in Santa Rosa and I, I thought, what do puppies like? They like to be put in cages, right? Right? <laughs> I don't
4: know. Have you ever seen a bunch of dogs in cages? They're not calm.
0: <laughs> so all, the only cage I had, I kind of had this big property in Santa Rosa, was a chicken coop in the backyard. So I told him to put all his puppy gear on. This is his first experience with me too, by the way. Uh, and I made him get into the chicken coop because it's caged. Well, I was not expecting the reaction. My fucking chickens went... (laughs) It's <laughs> like feathers everywhere, they didn't know. It's like, what the fuck are you putting here like, uh, okay. I'm like, oh, okay, get out. <laughs>
2: That's
0: not good. Uh, so,
1: did you feel like an imposter? I felt like
4: such an imposter. <laughs> you called it a date.
1: <laughs> and Amp, did you come back?
4: No, I flew the coop. I flew the coop. Yeah. Oh, come on. No, no puns on the show. Well, that's already been cracked. Um, people like a good yoke. But somebody tried. I will say he tried to play it off as if there was no imposter syndrome. Because he's like, oh, why did you do that? Yeah, why did you tear my chickens? <laughs> you it was my j- fault. I learned great that top. from Skeeter.
0: <laughs> Skeeter has a great sh- story. Maybe this is imposter syndromes, too. Where she had a sub tied up on this floating bench, it was a beautiful scene. She had candles all around the sub and she, the sub was tied up, hogtied, and blindfolded and Skeeter stepped out onto the deck to smoke a cigarette and just admire what her handiwork. The door closed and locked. <laughs> and she couldn't get back in. Uh, and so she like kind of freaked out a little bit, but instead wow. she started pounding on the door and then she kicked the fucking door in and said, why did you lock
1: me
2: out?
0: <laughs> so I'm like, okay, if Skeeter can do this, I can just blame the sub for my imposter uh, syndrome.
4: Okay, so big difference between mistakes... <laughs> Like locking yourself out. And imposter syndrome. Also, Skeeter is a good friend of ours, Daddy did not preface, who happens to work at Mr. S. Uh, makes a lot of great gear and has been in the community for a very long time. So,
2: But you know, okay, so speaking of that, leather stores. Yes. Okay, so now uh, you walk into a leather Skeeter store. Which is like a big part of. It. Exactly. And you walk into some of our largest leather stores now and there's no gear for people who are over 40-ish, who are not, you know. um, Fetish
0: gear is changing. Yeah, and
2: actually I told Skeeter at one point, you should make a daddy line for older men. You know, (laughs) the pants stretch a little bit more. The belt. (laughs) belt. Exactly, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) I told them they needed
0: a a leather pair of pants that had like a V elastic right at the belt. Yes. That would expand. Oh yeah. And the manager of Mr. S was like, that would ruin our sales. That's a good one. Why would we do that? I'd buy them.
1: Yeah. But, but,
2: but the kids are getting older, too, and, you know, they think they're invincible now. Yeah. But 20 years from now, they're going to want those oh, yeah, expanding yeah, yeah. waistbands. Everyone
0: needs expandable oh, waistbands. Yeah. Oh,
2: yeah. It's kind of like the chaps. Remember when you had with the chaps, chaps the... with the laces up the side? Yeah, I... After a while, the laces got wider. and wider and wider. I've seen yeah, people with <laughs> chaps, like, with laces. The whole back
4: about
0: lace. So the thing about lace is then you can get right into their hole, the bigger it's expanded. And I know you like a tasty hole, right? Great I
2: love much. a tasty hole.
0: <laughs> so our new sponsor has a new product called Tasty Hole, which I sent you home with last night. How did that go? Tell me.
2: Okay, so... The person who sent it home with me didn't tell me there were directions. The directions are <laughs> right here on the front. Look, planet. okay, and look at how small that printing is. And no I'm, one can see that. I
0: love this stuff because you tell your sub to go scrub in the shower with a little bit of this. Here, taste. It's so good. This one. This one's uh, peach, peach rings. That's ring. The,
2: that's the one who s- tastes like an, a popsicle.
0: Mmm, so, it's good. So you're supposed to scrub this in the shower on your hole, rinse it off, and then your hole tastes divine. What did you do? I
2: I just took a large amount of that. (laughs) shoved it into my hole, shoved it into the sub's hole, and said, Rim me. <laughs> <laughs> so you used it as a glaze. Oh, a
4: lot. oh, yeah. I was like
2: a donut. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Is there a glazed donut flavor? There is. Like, <laughs> there is. Oh, they have a glazed right. donut. Oh, see? It <laughs> would have
2: been perfect. You should have sent me home with the glazed donut. I will.
0: Donut. So Leather Daddy Skincare was kind enough to send us these products <laughs> for you to try and also paid for our brand new set which oh. looks divine looks Amazing, if I say so myself. Yes. So Leather Daddy Skin Company is a plant-based skincare line with a kinky twist. Leather, scotch, vanilla, and 18 erotic spices are bound to get the blood flowing, getting you ready to dominate your day. If you use offer code guard, you'll get 10% off your order. So thank you very much, Leather Daddy Skin Co. And you actually liked
2: it. I, I loved it. Um,
0: Until you just slathered Tasty Hole all over the
2: place. You know, you should have given me directions. And I bet if I were 20, 30, or 40-something, I would have known to just put that on and, and rinse what? it off. Or you But would because, have known because I'm to... 60... I didn't know. <laughs> yeah.
0: so, so this is definitely an old guard behavior. <laughs> this is your fault.
2: It's your fault. I didn't I read the instructions. <laughs> because they're too small. how you deal see. with imposter syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
4: Try going on YouTube and watching a video about tasty holes, maybe? I don't know. There you go.
0: What's a
2: YouTube?
0: <laughs> so I'm curious, Graylin, did you have any experience with... You know, owner? I
2: mean, I had sort of a different experience with it. I was um, dungeon master at a well-known play party that's out in the wilderness, someplace. For the people who don't know what a dungeon master is, yeah, some people might not it's know. It's the person yeah. who masters the dungeon. <laughs>
3: It's not C
0: and D. It's not Dungeons and Dragons. It's a different dungeon no, you, master. They're there to make sure everyone's playing safe. They're, and yes. not doing following anything. The rules.
2: Following yeah. rules. Yeah. The rules that I love. And so most of the
0: infernos, the gear ups, the boot the camps. Boot camp, they have Delta. dungeon master watching to make sure everyone is safe and right. having a good time.
2: Yeah, right. So it's a dungeon master's um, responsibility to make sure that all the rules are being followed. And different. Dungeon Dungeon masters do it differently. So I'm dungeon master, and uh, a guy was doing knife play, who was a title holder, by the way. Um, and so I waited until his scene was done, and I went over and I said, you know, I'm sorry, but we can't do dun- we can't do knife play in the dungeon. And he got really angry. And what he said to me was, well, Joe Gallagher let me do it, <laughs> <laughs> which then I went right to Joe. <laughs> But then that guy left. He was so angry with me that he left the entire site and went home. Good. Yeah. And you know... You, you
3: do what the Dungeon Master says, that's what they're there for. Mm-hmm. To enforce the rules, to make sure everyone's safe, so nobody observes them doing that and says, mm-hmm. oh, I can do that too exactly. now.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Because exactly. Because if one person does it, then other people are going yeah. to do it and you don't know their experience level and you want to keep people safe. Right. right.
1: So with imposter syndrome, wouldn't the Dungeon Master, now that people know that there's that role, would be a good person to ask if somebody's a little questioning or Absolutely. saying, you know, I haven't Absolutely. done this before. Like, they mm-hmm. should seek out at a play party who, might be kind of the adult supervision in the room and ask or
2: even ask before you do a scene I mean if you're going to do a scene that is a little bit more advanced Mm -hmm. than most scenes ask the dungeon master You know, is this okay? Or I plan to do this scene. Is that okay? Is Is there a safe way to do it? You know, is there an alternate way to do it? Like I love, I love wax play, but you can't light fires in most dungeons. Ah. So, you know, I've discovered that I could put the wax into little thermoses. So I have all these little thermoses now. I heat up the wax and I pour the wax onto uh, the bottom from the thermos. Okay. That's brilliant. Thank you. (laughs) Well, you know, I never (laughs) thought of doing that. How many times has it cooled in the thermos. It doesn't. It's hotter because you put it in there right out of the microwave. I microwave my wax. You (laughs) put it in there right out of the microwave. It stays at that temperature. So it's hotter.
1: Huh? Oh, interesting. You're learning new tips. See, there's a good thing. Or maybe they could use those pots that they use in um, salons where people put their hands in paraffin wax, but it takes too long to heat up. It
2: takes like eight hours
1: for Ah. that to heat. Well, so, then the thermos is brilliant. You well, know, we're wait. a salon. Should we have paraffin? Should we? Maybe. We should have pedicures. Yes. <laughs> yes!
3: But you know, that's a perfect example, you know, since we're talking about imposter syndrome. I just learned something. See, always. I wouldn't have never thought to put wax in a thermos to take to a play party so we didn't have to light fire.
0: And this is why those events are really key for learning yeah. the craft yes. and learning mm-hmm. things. So you don't have imposter
1: syndrome, so you do Know what you're doing and are confident about it. See, but I think it's got to be that we have imposter syndrome, but reasonably, and that it doesn't paralyze us in fear. Because imposter syndrome is what will help us ask questions or help somebody out who doesn't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think it's oh, a good point. Did you, Ash? All did you? Oh, my God. I'm See, we asked.
0: need an Ash boy that can uh, come and lick uh, this up.
1: Nice Ash.
2: Thank you. <laughs> Cause I'd like for it to get as big as possible, you know? I love how you hit your crotch with that. I think you should rub that
1: berry.
0: (laughs) I I think you need to stand up and just brush that off now. Just brush it off. There you go. There we go. YouTube saved. He's just dusting his crotch. That's all. There we go. So my question is, what do we do to help people get through imposter syndromes or how can we help people facilitate getting past this roadblock in their mind?
3: My best advice to everybody is to realize that everyone fakes it till they make it. Mm -hmm. Everyone, 100%. There are no exceptions. Even if somebody's gone and taken the class and they know how to do that kind of rope stuff. We talked about rope or whatever. When you're first doing it, you're kind of faking it till you make it. And realize that everybody's doing that. Because there's an assumption by newcomers that, oh, these people have no doubts about their abilities. And they all do. All of us do, no matter how experienced they are. So understanding from the get-go that everybody fakes it until they make it to some extent. Love it. My big tip on this is
0: blindfolds. Blindfolds are great. Top's best friend. Top's best
1: friend. Just put a blindfold on them and you're like, okay, what am I doing next? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, the other thing is to, the sub in the, the play scene to, just follow the rules. Like we talked about earlier, if you're uncomfortable, if something isn't going well, they need to speak up too and and inform them of that. You know, when you're playing with them, say, you know, communicate. The other thing is that I
3: think for, let's say somebody's topping or doming, that I think the, the best thing that anyone can say is, oops, I'm sorry. Right. When you screw up, Like the flogger goes a little bit rappy, and all of a sudden. I apologize. I apologize. I didn't mean to cut your ear off. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Because then the bottom and the sub knows, oh, he gets it. He understands he did something that isn't good. So you can overcome a lot of imposter syndrome by realizing that you can say, oops, I made a mistake. Yeah, perfect. I'll try not to do that again.
4: But do you say it during the scene?
3: During the scene, right (laughs) then and there. When it happens. How would you say it? How would
4: you say it? Give me me like a, you're in the moment, sexy talk.
3: Oh, damn. Oops, sorry. I, I rapped a little sorry. I will I, I'll. I will make sure that I hit that spot because fuck, your back is beautiful.
2: There yeah. you go. Wow, that yeah. is a yeah. lot. Yeah. See, I just blame it on the bottom. What you oh. moon? for? <laughs> this is what not to do. Time to die, time to <laughs> but, but I've had that happen, in, and especially in public. You know, so what I do, I don't go... I'm not like you. I'm not as nice as you are. But, but what, Yes, you are. But, but what I do and what I did last time I did that is I just went over I said, you all right? How are we, how are we doing right now? Yeah. And then to me, that's that saying, oops, I made a mistake right. without me having to say, oops, I made a mistake. Yeah,
0: yeah. because a lot of subs don't want to come against you they don't want to say anything so you acknowledging you made a mistake mm-hmm. really helps them go oh okay they, they realize that they did that and they're not going to do it again <laughs> otherwise yeah. they keep going they're they're just nervous you're going to keep doing that Plus,
2: and, and you yeah. don't want to pull them out of the moment too because you have the scene going you know it's time for the music and all that sort of thing so you don't want to pull that sub out of the scene so you want to just kind of keep it in the fantasy mode
3: I think one of the best things to overcome imposter syndrome is for both sides, let's say a Dom sub equation,
2: mm-hmm.
3: both sides understand from the get-go that they're human. They right. make mistakes. Mm-hmm. We're all learning stuff all the time. And maybe even have that conversation from the from the beginning that, you know, I'm, I'm newer to this kind of rope bondage, so we're going to play and just experiment. I may untie you five times because I didn't do it right the first time. Let's just play. Right. Mm-hmm. And it, it kind of overcomes that imposter syndrome right from the get-go. Yeah,
0: I don't know if this happens to you, but it happens to me on Recon a lot, where someone will reach out to me and they're intimidated because of the experience le- level they perceive me to have that they don't want to play or dom me or do anything like that. So I've actually, lately, I, I tend to go to younger doms and tell them it's okay to make mistakes. Um, I can take it. And I give them a little feedback after, like, you know, that was really good. I would, the one thing I would adjust is this for your next time. So I give them a little critique at the end
3: and they seem to like that, so. When I bottom and sub, it's very common for them not to want to because they, oh, you know everything and I don't wanna, I'm afraid I'm gonna make a mistake. So I do, whether it's younger or I simply give them permission to be new to this and I'm new to this and we're gonna kind of go through this together. Um, but you're right. The, the the double-edged sword of a, a great reputation is that.
0: Yes. Yeah, a lot of people won't play with mm-hmm. me because they just perceive Same here. Me oh, that's
2: answer. why. <laughs> 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 but uh, that that must be why. <laughs>
3: they assu- they also assume that it's all about the technique right. Right, and all mm. that kind of experience, right. and it's like. It's like No, no, I want to play
0: with you. No, you're playing. This is all about the individuals involved. It's about this. So everyone's play is different. Everyone's connection is different. So my question is, now that we're in this day of everyone putting themselves out there in technology and everyone putting out the best image of themselves, how do you spot a real imposter and someone trying to learn?
2: So I want to ask you a question because you're on Recon. I'm on Recon. We love Recon. So when you're on recon, do you get people who message you and say things like, I want to be your 24-7 slave, I want to worship you, da-da-da-da-da, and my response is, but you've never met me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: so actually my response usually is, who's feeding you? Where are you living?
4: <laughs> what are the logistics of this? There, am
0: I taking on a border?
2: <laughs> I'm,
4: not, I'm not up for that. You know what that is? That's an imposter. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> or a catfish, either way. But but I think that the larger cat question-
2: catfish? What's a
1: catfish? Oh. Okay, well, the, the different, different episode. Okay, okay, different episode. Watch this, what's the safe word on cash? It's very good. Oh, okay.
4: But I think what the question is, is like, when you see, and my, my experience is like, when the OnlyFans, the 25-year-old OnlyFans gay gets in their, like, pleather harness and starts being like, yeah, I'm gonna dom you, boy. Like, how do you spot the fake people out there that are imposters who might be spreading bad information, because there's a lot of that, and how do you combat it? Is that yeah, kind especially of... Especially fin doms. Mm. Oh, well, fin dogs yeah, that do that. yeah. Yeah.
2: What's a fin dom?
4: Oh my God! Uh, See, and case in point, Graylin's not an imposter. (laughs) (laughs) I have an imposter syndrome around certain topics, even though they've been in the community how many years?
2: A long time. Okay, okay.
4: close to forty. How dumb is that? Anyway, how 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 do you how do you go through that? How do you experience that? And as people who live on the internet now, all of you now all of you have Twitter, but some of you have had it longer. Like, how do you cultivate that experience in a way that is not impostery that's not misinformation that's not going to mislead people
3: you know I'm not sure I mean I, I think it's really important to first understand that a lot of us myself included have a very carefully curated kink life online we put forth the best pictures we put forth the best content we present ourselves in a certain way because that's what we do so I think it's important that everyone understands that As far as finding, you know, sort of figuring out who's an imposter and not, I'm going to go with something that sounds like a cop-out. It's a gut reaction. Oh, I was just going to say it. It's a gut reaction. I just know, you know what? That doesn't ring true. Right. (laughs) It doesn't ring authentic. It really feels like somebody is going through the motions and playing out a script that they have created or someone's created for them. I don't know how to put my finger on it, but that's, it's a gut reaction. You need follow your gut.
2: You know, back in the day, yes. when we would be in bars in person, you could always tell by the way someone was dressed. I mean, they could have on the vest, the pants, the shoes, all of that, but you know, something's a little bit off. You know, just just something doesn't look quite right. And that's how, you know, we used to do it back in the day. It's like, if your vest isn't on right, if if your hat's funny, you know, you would know that they are an imposter, and you know to stay away from
0: them. Yeah, but I've had the reverse, where I have gone home with people decked out in full leather, and they didn't know a kink thing in the world. So just because they're dressed a certain
4: way doesn't mean that they kn- they're kinky. Well, back when I was first getting into it, like... Kind of, kind of touching base on like the the passing down of leathers as well is like, well, you can tell when there's some new boots or a new jacket or a new vest or you can tell when it's something that's new because it usually has a nice sheen that it just got polished and like worn leather looks worn, especially boots. Yeah, if it's brand new, then you know
2: new. If everything is brand new,
4: (laughs) back in the day,
3: I love that phrase. (laughs) Yeah, which I always attribute to you. It's I always attribute it to you. When we were judging leather contests, as an example, if somebody walked on stage with all brand new leather, we assumed they were a newbie. Mm -hmm. We wanted them to walk on in the stuff that they wore on a daily basis. Mm That this was the stuff they played in and went to the bars in. So the boots were not perfect necessarily. They they were a little scrubbed. The 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 chaps looked like they had been worn, you know, five. But they're a player. But they're a player. They're a player. Mm-hmm. So, um, But I don't think you can do that anymore. And I think, player not I think in a right. bad way, but player in a good way. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes.
4: See, I've had, as someone who's run for IML, I've had notes on my boots not looking perfect when they were literally boots I would dance in every weekend at the bar while right. go-going. And so, like, I think we're getting too finite about, like,
1: how people look, but... It's your yeah. gut. What it's you said also about you... how
4: they act and how they carry mm-hmm. I agree.
1: themselves. Right, but what so, you said about, you know, the pleather harness or whatever, you know, when you get that hint that you're embarrassed for somebody, follow your gut. Well, but always walk
4: away. If the D-ring's on upside down, yeah. This is...
1: <laughs> you know,
2: but you know, I got into a really heated argument judging a contest in Canada with one of the judges who berated a contestant because all of his leather wasn't new, his boots weren't polished and all that kind of stuff. And I said to her exactly that. It's like, but he plays and this is how he looks when he plays. And what she said was, but this is an interview and he's supposed to be dressed up. And I think, no. I want you wearing the things that you wear because I want to see how you play. I want to know how you look when you walk into a dungeon. If you're all done up when you walk into a dungeon, then how the hell are you going to play?
1: If you have on all that shit... But see, to me, that's a disconnect in the event because judges should at least have talked first if something like that's gonna be.
3: Judging is very subjective. I know yeah. we're, going, we're going on a d- tangent here. Yeah. But judging is so subjective. I know a very well-known okay. person who shall remain nameless who judged someone down in a major contest because they were mixing rubber and leather. Oh, mm. really? Which of course everyone does not. Yeah. Now, now, Now. (laughs) Now now that is the key (laughs) factor. So, this is:
0: are we adapting with the changes too? So, what you're saying is uh, may have been in the back in the day, but now are contestants expected to have everything new and squeaky clean?
4: I would say no. I'm just, and also that's very that's very like gatekeepy from a, a price point like i would rather have a player that was wearing just a ratty old jock strap with a bunch of piss stains on it than someone in full leathers who is prissy prompt and like thinks they're the the shit just because they have nice gear that's just that's gross i of. think the
3: the barometer by which i judge kinksters is do they feel authentic
1: yeah, yeah. Ooh,
3: Authenticity. Uh, yeah. Some people are authentic because they are king fashionistas, and I say that with no Fashionista. disrespect. Fashionistas, right. with no disrespect. They are their fetishes partly them. how they look yeah. and the the what they're wearing, and that's authentic for them. For some someone else, it's a piss piss, piss, piss stained yeah. jar. Of, yeah, right. And I want their name. <laughs> but,
2: but, but race, if if they know that this my fetish is dressing up in leather. Mm -hmm. and I don't know anything about kink and that's okay because I just like to dress up. If they can say that, then that's authentic. But if they dress all up and then they walk in like they- Present themselves as if, that's if, Then that's very, very different. You know, I have some, I'm not wearing them today because they're too scuffed up, but I have some boots that I call my play boots. And those boots are covered with, you know, everybody that I've played with for like the last 20 years. Come and piss and all blood all kind of things on those boots and i love those boots but every time i'm out a boot black wants to do the boots and i have to explain to them though no, these are boots i play in these are marinating yes <laughs> <laughs> i'm cultivating these boots <laughs>
4: and these are marinated boots right <laughs> and
2: i, I love that.
1: those kinds of things you know yeah. yeah that's good
4: there's a difference between culture and cultured because yes. they, you don't want culture growing on your, your boots, but you want culture
1: on your boots. Right. And remember, when we talk about back in the day, this today is going to be somebody's back in the day. And I hope they remember the older guys bringing them along and making them a success. Well, and you I know think, by telling them.
0: That's the key. What I'm saying is now it's our responsibility to yeah. be mentors and help people who aren't feeling like they're not up to snuff say, yeah, you are and yep. we were there as well uh, and let us help you yeah. smile,
3: be inclusive. Uh, things have changed. And I was I was in the lobby at Mid-Atlantic Leather in Washington, D.C., and they had the very first superhero meetup.
1: Mm. Oh, for the cosplay people? Oh,
3: my gosh. They're,
1: they're incredible.
3: It was amazing. And there were, I want to say, 100, 125 guys in all these amazing outfits. And I was standing next to kind of, let's call him an old guard leather man. I don't like that term that much, but, but and he was berating these people like, ah. they're not real kinksters. They're not really. I said, oh, yes, those, they are. Those fuckers love to be tied up. Absolutely. And their ass looks so good in Spanish. Have you ever seen, oh Just,
2: you ever seen Justin Hall? Oh you my know? gosh, yeah. Well, he could wear anything. He could but, wear anything. Or nothing. Or nothing. nothing.
1: But when he puts on his... his. Well, I've seen some cosplay people who are so impeccable that I think, oh my God, they'd have to cost twice as much as leather ones. Right. I right. mean, or they put the a thing. lot
3: of... What, they look pristine that's their fetish That's it their is camp. yeah we have to understand they're authentic for them and, right and this is them. what
0: you were saying about Mr. S and so
2: I didn't say it by name <laughs> <laughs> well?
0: the the gear has changed yeah. uh, Mr. S does cater now to a big sports mm-hmm. uh kind of fetish uh spandex is a big part uh puppies is a big part Um, so our fetish umbrella
4: has gotten bigger and bigger and bigger.
2: But ours has gotten smaller.
4: When you say ours, what do you mean? Leather?
2: Leather men who have been around for a while. You know, like when I walk into a leather store now, not that I need to be buying anything, but I know that most of those things aren't going to fit
0: me. Maybe that's the key. You're not buying anything. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Capitalism, <laughs> Capitalism <laughs> d- does drive... But I don't mind reason. if it
2: fit. Yeah. <laughs> so
0: the one thing I noticed so over this gaze over COVID thing and this new uh, this ship that sailed with 5,500 gaze, if you look at those pictures, every single one of those gaze on those boats had a harness on. Yeah. They had e- either spandex, neoprene, whatever. The fetish kink lifestyle is integrating into just
2: the gay lifestyle. Um, but are they still fetish and kink or are they just gay? Have you seen those fuckers and what they do? Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 it's
0: it's, it's more than I ever did when I was just starting out.
3: I I remember at an event and somebody was berating somebody because oh they're a circuit gay. They wear jocks and a harness, and that's all that. And they, and they fuck more than you do. And I walked in, and, and, and yeah. they get laid so, more than you. Do, somebody <laughs> had, and one of these circuit gays had an arm in them up almost to the elbow. <laughs> see, and I'm like, they're just as kinky as we are. It just unless looks
0: different. Unless you're saying fisting is not a kink anymore, right? Yeah. I mean, it is, fisting it is, is kind of wide
2: mainstream over. now. I mean, well, everybody's fisting. This is my fisting. point. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait,
4: wait, wait. But what? Hmm what is that is mainstream bad and what does mainstream mean i i'm not saying you're wrong are you but trying to keep it to, under
0: a very inclusive umbrella that's just you and your friends or do you want everyone to rotate right
4: imposter syndrome is something we can project as well and yeah. those circuit gays you don't know what they do on the weekends when they're not being photographed by everyone and then shamed online like <laughs> They might be in the dark back rooms, you know.
3: You know, he alluded to the fact that I go to a lot of circuit parties and I'm often the oldest Aluded guy. Alluded who... to the fact. <laughs> alluded. And you
4: just
1: said
3: it right out. <laughs> okay, you said it. Uh, that I often go to, you know, circuit parties and with the harness and jock crowd, and I'm one of them. And but I know what they do privately, mm. and what they do privately is kinky as fuck. Kinky as fuck. Right.
4: <laughs> and I think it kind of it's telling because we were just talking about like we don't want to gatekeep price points, but then we kind of look at and scoff at the people who are wearing you know the elastic harnesses that that shouldn't be the that shouldn't be what we're doing because that's petty i feel right. that 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 only kind of projects the imposter syndrome on other people and that makes people feel like they're not belonging because like puppy play to kind of bring the conversation full circle as a puppy cosplayer and person who used to design elastic shit sometimes you want to make something that's affordable because these 18 20-year-olds that are coming into the kinks scene can't afford it. They're still living at home. Right. They can't have be. a because their parents would find it. I have yeah. this preacher. Because <laughs> <I'm laughs> <a, I'm laughs> yeah. there was a huge gatekeeping movement of like fake puppies when I was first getting started of people that were just getting into the bar scene and the older guards, the old leather people. I had someone that came up to me when I was wearing my my puppy gear and he's like, you're not a real, you're, you're not a leather person. Get out of here. You're annoying. And, like, I was just ordering a drink. I wasn't even barking. I wasn't moshing. The guy had just had a really bad experience with some puppies, I think, that was, like, the puppy gate, you were saying, Graylin, was just, like, loud, rambunctious, and didn't know their place, maybe.
0: And I feel feel that that attitude has changed over the last four or five years as we've adapted to the puppy movement Mm -hmm. and having the puppies in our spaces and, and liking them. Um...
3: But there
0: is all these
3: things. <laughs> Where's the leather? <laughs> you know, since we're talking about imposter syndrome syndrome, I think part of it is when some leather man walks up to a puppy or somebody who doesn't fit their what they believe is true and authentic, it's because they feel like an imposter in that world. Oh. Right. Oh, that's a good yeah. exactly a yeah. well, full circle way to mm-hmm.
4: bring it around. But uh, <laughs> at the same time, we get comments every every other week from people that self-identify as like 40-something in our comments on YouTube, on a video that we've done, that are like, thank you very much for making this something I am able to learn about. I'm just becoming kinky. I right. am just getting into the scene. You've made this a comfy space that I can experience that. I, d- does that mean I don't feel an imposter syndrome sometime when I'm talking about something like fisting? Because I'm not into fisting. I've never experienced a fist inside of myself. No. But I think we all have the patience and understanding that that we can again kind of kind of weed out the good information with our with our authentic, authenticity meter, and then kind of you know give the the best bits of information we can. But like all that to say, what what is mainstream and is mainstream bad? Like, cause so many people, and I think this kind of goes hand in hand with the imposter syndrome, is like kink isn't mainstream. There's like one camp that's like kink isn't mainstream. You know, it's perverse, it's out there, which is good. And then the other camp that's like kinks too mainstream, we're making television shows and we're making it too accessible and we're getting so many Fifty Shades of Grey players. Is that bad, though?
3: I don't particularly think it's bad. By the way, I'm going to use authenticity meter. That is now something I'm going to, that's, I will give you credit, but that's something I'm going to say from now on. I don't think mainstream is bad. I really I don't. don't. I think a lot of people do because there's always going to be... There's a wonderful... um uh YouTube, where they talk about um, an iceberg, and the the kingsters that are really the in the community, live the lifestyle, whatever you want to call it, are the one percent at the bottom of the iceberg. But there's all these other people that are having a great time with it. Mm-hmm. They just aren't necessarily that one or two percent that lives it all the time, right? right. And and what I what I really learned from the puppy movement with my
0: puppy is uh, the broader that it gets, the more people that are coming in and experiencing it and i've got a certain subset of this kind of old guard leather protocol way i play that they really really they can't get anywhere else because their peers aren't doing it so they love it when i'm doing it to them so i've got this whole new like smorgasbord (laughs) boys to play with that are really teach me teach me teach me Mm. um so I think it's a great thing.
2: Well, do you think, like, individuality plays into that? Because I've, I've met, you know, younger people or newer people who want to be part of it, but they want their own individuality. Like, you know, mm. they pick their own scene name or their own, you know, pig or puppy or dog or all of that because they don't want to be part of the bigger group, but they but they want to play and keep their own individuality.
4: I would argue that some people are doing that for their own safety. Yeah. When, I, when I chose AMP, it was obviously conscious, but it was also like, I want to have my kink life and I want to be able to then, not disassociate, but separate from my personal stuff. You know, like I wanted a, a normal Facebook and a kinky Facebook, because my normal Facebook is for the front-facing, normal, quote-unquote, I'm putting this in quotes, normal person, and then the one that gets to experience the things that I'm really into. Like, like, just so you know,
0: Facebook is a social media. Oh, <laughs> <that> <laughs> are a lot
2: of... right. I'm on the Facebook. Oh, are you on the Facebook? I'm on okay, the Facebook. Okay.
3: We, <laughs> you know, I'm one of those people that, and I'm going to cop to this on camera, that really didn't like scene names. Mm. I really felt like, no, I mean, m- my paycheck at work is under race ban and everything. I live my life as race ban and I've completely. Done a 180 on that. I think people get to do whatever the fuck they want to do. Yeah. They get to call themselves what they want to call themselves, they get to be what they want to be. As long as they're not hurting anybody, they get to do whatever they want. Yeah. But it's but it's them, let them be them. But
2: there's yeah. also the other part of it where you know someone walks in the door and he's like, I'm daddy master sir. Oh, you know, yeah. and then, you know, so you expect him to be daddy master sir, and he's presenting himself as that, and then you realize he knows nothing about kink. But he's presenting himself as something more than he is,
3: and, and I personally don't like feeling obligated to call someone sir, master, daddy, any of those things. That feels coercive to me. Yeah. Well, it <laughs> is.
0: I, I think that is something that is uh, within the confines of your relationship. Right. I. Agree. So that has to yeah, that has to come amp. naturally. Yeah. Wow. This
2: is a lot. Well, Good I job. want to say. Can I say something about amp? Okay, so there's only one pup amp, and and we know that if you hear pup amp, that's not true. We, there's, there's, <laughs> many, there's many pup amps.
4: There was there was there was another one at one point. I don't think he uses that name anymore. He you pushed him out. I didn't do anything. <laughs> he actually lived in the city, and I think that caused confusion for him. And I don't know if anyway. So he moves. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so Technically, there's only one active pup amp, but there are other amps. There are other amps. There are other amps. But, but
2: see, but that's your individuality. So if if we say pup amp, we know who we're talking about. But then there's these other pups who all have the same name. You know, it's like there's a, there's three or four pup rowdies and there's pup this and that. Yeah, but you're talking names.
0: So there
4: are many Chris's out there. I there's get, not a Mister
0: get... Christopher. Well, no, I, I took all those
4: URLs. <laughs> so to avoid imposter syndrome, buy the URL. Get the at. Make sure it's all the same name.
2: <laughs>
0: anyway, this has been a really good discussion. So And we could go on forever. We but can. I'm going to wind this call time on this one. Because we'll go on forever. Um, does anyone have any last tips that you'd like, like to give to everyone?
3: My tip would be, it's great to present yourself as this image to the kink world, whatever that is, but when you get down to one-on-one, be completely honest with that person. Whether it's, I do or don't know how to do X, Y, or Z, or whatever, I'm brand new to the scene, I only look like I know what I'm doing. Whatever it is, present to the world what you want, but when it's one-on-one, get really honest.
2: I would say take your time, take your time and learn, go through the journey, make, make, make the scene part of your whole journey. You don't have to learn how to do everything at one time. You know, learn as you go along so that you feel more comfortable doing things and going
1: to other spaces. Yeah, sure. And, and I think don't see imposter syndrome as a negative. You know, use it for the positive it can be and ask questions, communicate like you say, rates. but also know, hey, I'm starting something new. I have a lot to learn. I'm gonna try. I'm not gonna get in over my head and injure or ruin somebody's time and communicate.
0: And I would say that um, we've all been there. So don't be afraid to try. Um, If there's something that you want to try, reach out, learn from someone else, watch the YouTube videos. Um, If it's bondage, learn how to tie rope, Um, but just don't be afraid of it um, to do.
4: And I would say, never stop educating, because I don't know things sometimes, and I I educate myself, and then I learn, and you're never an expert until you've done something, what, 10,000 times? So, like, learn, educate, and just go from there.
1: Can I say one more thing? You know, what's the safe word? Does so much education, that now that I watch it all the time, not only do I learn a lot, but it's so well um either researched or it really puts out so it's a great platform to learn a lot of stuff just you know google and see which site you You know know. it's
3: going to sound like i'm giving a pitch but the truth is when people ask me where do you go to learn about bdsm kink fetish etc i send them to what's the safe (laughs) word and that's not that's not because i I have an affiliation
1: it's actually the truth it is the truth Mm -hmm. and this was not planned but i really it's very valuable it's a great resource
2: so I'll tell you a secret. When I first started uh, smoking cigars,
1: mm-hmm.
2: I watched What's the Secret?
1: C- secret? <laughs> did you?
2: I did. Oh, wow. I lied. Did. <laughs> and I wasn't gonna tell you. <laughs> That's fine.
0: I will take it. So if you have suggestions for what we should talk about next time, leave them in the comments down below. If you like seeing these notifications, ring that bell so you're notified. We don't know if YouTube will do it or not. Uh, <laughs> but thanks, guys, for joining me, Graylin, Ray, the pig, and we will see you guys next time. We have new gear on onguardgear.com. This shirt, we have many others. Go check it out. Thank you, Leather Daddy Skincare, for making this all possible, and thanks, guys. Thanks. Bye! Bye.